Hello everyone. The reading this evening is from Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 37. Mark chapter 7, starting at verse 24. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman, whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit, came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh he said to him, Ephrathah, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosed and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. If you're not already there, do turn back in your Bibles to Mark chapter 7, verses 23 to 37. And then we'll pray together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth and its power. And we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit this evening, we might hear your voice speaking to us, speaking to us of ourselves, of our need for a Saviour, and speaking to us about the Lord Jesus Christ, and drawing us closer to him, and making us more like him. Work amongst us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. I've been looking into one of the most popular apps on our phones. The first most popular kind of app is about finances, about investments, about making your money grow for you. It's clearly very important. The second kind of app is a dating app. And that's for people who really, really want to find the right person to be with. And that's very important too. The third kind of app that's, that's most popular is called Calm and it's a meditation app. It's about achieving that state of calm so that you're serene and so that you sleep well. And I can certainly see the value of that. But I wonder tonight, how desperate are you for change in your circumstances? How desperate are you for, for your bank balance to improve? How desperate are you to find that relationship? How desperate are you to achieve a state of calmness? Or maybe there are other circumstances in your life that you need to change. Maybe you're desperate to change your job or to change where you live. Well tonight I want to think about something else. I want us to think about 
how desperate we are for Christ. All of the things that we feel unhappy with in our lives should drive us to Jesus. He is the ultimate answer to whatever we're going through. I think we should be desperate for Christ, desperate to hear his voice in the scriptures, desperate for his help and therefore prayerful, desperate to please him in the, in the whole of our lives. Today we see Gentiles, and we're mostly Gentiles here tonight, we see Gentiles in Mark 7 with desperate faith. They fall at Jesus' feet. They beg him for help. These are Gentiles with desperate faith. And these Gentiles with desperate faith receive from Jesus. And that's what I want to say to us tonight. That if we want to receive from Jesus, we must come to him with desperate faith. We must say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you with the whole of my life. The context is that Jesus has just declared all food clean. He says, are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Jesus does away with the great distinction between Jewish people and Gentile people. He says no longer do you have to just eat kosher food. You can eat whatever you like. You can be thoroughly Gentile and right with God. You can be thoroughly Gentile and know that God is your Father and that you're going to heaven. And now we see Jesus moving into ministry among the Gentiles. And these Gentiles are desperate for Christ. And they've got a lot to teach us. So my first point this evening is that desperate faith reveals God's purposes. Verses 24 to 30. Desperate faith reveals God's purposes. Verse 24, Jesus goes to Tyre, which is Gentile territory. And Jesus is not intending to go too public at this, at this stage. He entered the house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. Jesus is focusing on training the twelve at this stage of his ministry. And it's too soon to provoke confrontation with the authorities. It's too soon to go to the cross. So Jesus is trying to keep his ministry relatively private at this stage. But he can't. He can't do it. There's much too much excitement amongst the Gentiles. There's lots of faith amongst these Gentiles. And so verse 25 in fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. That's how desperate this woman is. 
She falls at Jesus' feet. She says, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want your help. The woman was a Greek, so she's not Jewish, she's Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus. You see, she's desperate. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. So here is this Gentile woman begging Jesus for help. And how does Jesus respond to her? Well, actually, it's quite surprising. He does sound, at first hearing, a little bit rude. He says in verse 27, First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Is Jesus being rude here, calling this Gentile woman a dog? Well, the word for dog is not some stray scavenging dog, not a nasty animal. The word for dog used here means little pet doggy. So a little cute doggy. So it's not as rude as it might first sound. But really Jesus is setting up a test for this lady. He's really saying to her, how serious are you about wanting my, my help? Because it's for Jews that I came first, Jesus is saying. I came first for Jews, then for Gentiles. The Jews are the children the Gentiles are the dogs. But look what she says in verse 28. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. I know I'm a dog, says this woman. I know I'm a gentle Gentile. I know you came first for Jews. I know I don't have any, any value in myself, this woman is saying. I just need you, Jesus. Just give me a few crumbs. Just give me a little bit, the woman is saying. And Jesus is pleased with this. Jesus is pleased with her response. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. There's an Old Testament background to this. One of God's earlier prophets, Elijah, he went to the area of Tyre and Sidon in, in 1 Kings 17. And he, if you remember the story, he met the widow of Zarephath there and he asked her to make him some bread. And she said to him, I've just got a little bit of flour left and a little bit of oil and I'm about to make my final meal for my son and myself and then we'll die. We'll die of starvation. And Elijah says to her, make me some bread. And it's an act of faith on her part to make bread for Elijah. And as she does so, the oil and the flour never run, run out. God always provides for her as she provides for his prophet. And the point of 1, of 1 Kings 17 
is that God always wanted to reach the Gentile people. He always wanted to reach the widows of Zarephath. He always wanted to reach the, the people of Tyre and Sidon. And it's the same here. God always wanted to reach the Gentiles. If you remember, it was always God's plan to bless the nations through Abraham. Right back in Genesis 12, when God inaugurates the Jewish nation in Abraham. God says to Abraham, in you all nations will be blessed. It was always God's plan to bless the Gentiles in Christ. And here we see it happening. Jesus has declared all food clean and now he hears the desperate prayer of a Gentile woman and he blesses her. Yes, desperate faith reveals God's purposes. It reveals that God always wanted to bless the, the nations, the Gentiles in Christ. Secondly, desperate faith reveals Jesus' identity. Desperate faith reveals Jesus' identity. Verse 31, Jesus goes to another Gentile area. Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. So now Jesus is on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, in the Decapolis, in the Ten Towns, which was another Gentile area. And he meets another person who is desperate for his help. In fact, he meets several people who are desperate for Jesus to help them. They have a desperate faith in Jesus. Verse 32. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. Now there's more Old Testament background here. It's Isaiah 32, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 32, verses 3 and 4. When Messiah comes, when Jesus came, this is what would happen. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. The fearful heart will know and understand, and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. So here in Mark 7, Jesus meets a man who is the fulfilment of this prophecy. That when Messiah comes, he would open blinded eyes, he would open deaf ears, he would enable the mute to speak. It's the same in Isaiah 35. Verses 5 and 6. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue will shout for joy. Yes, Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 32 and Isaiah 36, 35. That when Messiah comes, 
he would do these wonderful healings. And he does them amongst the Gentile people. He does them with those who have desperate faith in him, who beg him for his help. There's a lovely reference in Isaiah 35 to sighing in verse 10. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. There will be no more sighing and sorrow. No more saying, oh, I wish I wasn't deaf. No more saying, oh, I wish I could speak. I wish I could see. There'll be no more sorrow and sighing when Messiah comes. And that's what happens here. Jesus sighs. Here in verse 33, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. It's a lovely touch. Jesus fulfills Isaiah 35, fulfills the sighing which will be brought to an end by his wonderful ministry. But verse 33 is very strange. Why does Jesus do these strange things? Verse 33. He took him aside, so he wants to deal with this man privately, takes him away from the crowd, and Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat onto his own fingers, I think, and touched the man's tongue with his spit. So it's quite striking, isn't it? I don't think I'd like someone to spit in my mouth. What is Jesus doing here? Is he being kind of superstitious? Well, no. Jesus is dealing with a man who can't hear. So he can't sit down and explain to this man what he wants to do. So he does physical things that communicate. He wants to heal his ears and his tongue. So that's, I think, why Jesus does the strange things in verse 33. But verse 34, it is with a word that Jesus heals him. Ephatha, which means be opened. Jesus speaks and there is power in his word. There was power in Jesus' word then. There is power in Jesus' word tonight. If we hear the voice of Jesus, we can experience his presence and his reality in our lives. That's why it's a wonderful thing to look into the Bible and to hear the voice of God. It's with a word that Jesus heals this man. And he's healed instantaneously, verse 35. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak plainly. It must have been so fantastic, mustn't it, to see this miracle take place. To see this man gain his hearing. To see this man being able to speak properly for the first time. What a thrilling thing to hear the voice of Jesus 
and to be set free, to be healed. What a wonderful thing this was. But again, Jesus tries to keep things private. Verse 36. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Jesus so thrills this Gentile crowd that they can't keep quiet about him. They just have to talk about him. He's so wonderful. He's so amazing. And so the Gentile ministry blossoms. So, desperate faith reveals God's purposes. It reveals that it was always God's purpose to take the gospel to the Gentiles, to the nations, to people like us. And desperate faith reveals Jesus' identity. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He's God's Saviour King. He is God himself, come to fulfil the prophecies of the Old Testament, come to be our Saviour. Well, let me draw these threads together. What I want to say to us tonight is, we too should be desperate before the Messiah. Our problems should drive us to Christ. You know, problems can do one of two things. They can drive us to Christ in prayer and trust, or they can drive us away from Christ in frustration and anger. And I want to say to us tonight that our problems should drive us to Christ. We should say, Jesus, I need you. And when we do that, Satan shoots himself in the foot. It's a wonderful thing. It was Satan who sent deafness and muteness. It was Satan who sent an impure spirit. But those awful things just drove the people to Christ. And so Satan was shot in the foot. And it's the same with us. As Satan attacks us, when that drives us closer to Jesus, it just shoots our enemy in the foot, which is a great thing to do. Our problems should drive us to Christ so that we're desperate for him desperate for his help. We should be like the Laodicean church in Revelation 3 verses 17 and 18. You say, says Jesus to the Laodicean church, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and I do not need a thing. But you do not realise that you are wretched pitiful, poor, blind and naked. See, we can be like that. We can say, I think I'm rich. 
I think I've got all that I need. I really don't need Jesus. I don't need to pray today. I can manage on my own. I don't need to hear God's voice in the scriptures today. I've got everything that I need. Jesus comes to us like that and he says, you're making a big mistake. You think that you are rich, but you're not. You're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. You do need me, says Jesus. You should be desperate for me. You should be desperate for my help as you face each day. You should be desperate for the things I can give you. You should be desperate for the riches I can give you. You should be desperate for the forgiveness I can give you. You should be desperate for me to open your spiritual eyes, to give you that salve for your eyes. You need me, says Jesus. And I think we need to take that on board. We should beg Jesus for his help day by day. We should beg for him to be our saviour and our king and our friend and our helper. Like the lady whose daughter had an impure spirit, we should beg for crumbs. Lord, just give me crumbs. Just give me a little bit of what you've got to offer. Because when we do, when we beg for crumbs, we find that we are given a seat at the banqueting table. Jesus is marvellously gracious to us. He says, come up higher. Come and sit with me. Come and dine with me. That's what he says in Revelation 3 to the Laodicean church. So Christian person, are you still desperate for Christ? There was that day when you were so desperate for him, you said to him, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my saviour, be my friend. And he came in. Then as you go on living the Christian life, you can get rather complacent. And you can stop feeling your need for Jesus. And you can start relying on yourself. Christian person, if that's you, come back to Jesus. Come back to the place of prayer. Pray tonight before you go to bed. Pray tomorrow morning as you start the day. Seek the help of Jesus. Be desperate for him. That's how I feel. Every day I know I need Jesus. I know I can't do it on my own. I can't live for Jesus in my own strength. I simply can't do it. I'm too much of a sinner. I'm desperate for Jesus. And I'm seeking after him. Will you join me in that, Christian person? Or maybe you're not a Christian yet.
Are you desperate for Jesus? You should be. He alone can forgive you. He alone has paid for your sin on the cross. He alone has died for you. You should be desperate for him. Come to him in repentance and faith. There's a scene in the film Forrest Gump where Forrest is so desperate to see his old friend Lieutenant Dan that he dives off his boat into the water and he swims across to see Lieutenant Dan while his boat just crashes into the next dock. He's a bit like Peter in John 21 when he dives into the water to swim to Jesus because he's so desperate to see Jesus again. Well, let me say to you, let me say to myself, that's how we should be with Jesus. We should long to be with him. We should long for his help and his blessing on our lives. We should turn to him in repentance, in faith and in prayer. Will you resolve with me to live like that? To be desperate for Jesus? To put your faith in him and trust him and know his blessing on your life. He doesn't take all our problems away. He allows us to live through our problems. He allows us to grow through our problems. Our problems drive us back to Jesus in prayer and to seeking him in the word. He won't take our problems away, but he will be there for us as we go through him. I'm desperate for him. Will you join me in that? Let's pray. Father, we are desperate for Jesus. We know that we need him for forgiveness, for a fresh start, for help, as we live for Jesus day by day. Lord, help us. Lord Jesus, minister your grace to each one of us. Deepen our faith in you. Deepen our trust in you. Cause us to love you and to serve you and to know your help day by day. We pray this in your name. Amen.